Husky first is the market leader mm -hmm. in uh, injection molding technology with a unique uh, capability to develop a solution for customers. IT, uh, generally speaking, uh, technology, uh, you know, is a pretty long pace item. And uh, you know, we need to plan ahead to be able to ready, be ready with those new capabilities yep. once the need is coming up mm -hmm. and not waiting that the need is coming up that we start to think about what capability we're going to bring in. The situational leadership is more important than one management style. And yep. what I'm looking at on my management style, I said I'm a transformational management style is that when it's required, I'm very supportive. When it's required, I give autonomy, but it depends where the team is. This is Siana TV. My name is Hendrik Deckers. I'm here today with Jean-Christophe Ritz, who is the Chief Information Officer at Husky. A very warm welcome, Jean-Christophe. Thank you, Hendrik. Jean-Christophe, you have a, a university degree from the Université de Metz en France, yep. and uh, where you focused on engineering, on science and research and development. Mm. You uh, started your career in 1999 at Savoie-Laure in Metz, in France, in the automotive R&D. Uh, in your family, one of your brothers runs a 3D production company and you were involved in that a bit as well. That even got an Oscar. Right. So uh, that's, uh, that's wonderful. And in 2008, you joined the R&D here at Husky. And uh, over time, you have created uh, more than 20 patents in the injection molding technology. Right. Uh, in 2020, you got promoted to uh, the position of global CIO. So, Jean-Christophe, tell us a little bit more about yourself, a little bit more about your background, and why the hell did you become a CIO? All right, that, thank you. So, yeah, it's a great question because uh, actually uh, I never thought that I would become a CIO uh, at one point. However, mm -hmm. all started uh, when I was a kid, and uh, we had uh, this uh, unique opportunity uh, when we were kids with my parents that uh, my father thought that uh, you know, IT technology that was coming up mm -hmm. uh, you know, to the market uh, was great uh, to learn. And uh, he asked us when we were 10 years old uh, to take some lessons uh, of IT and specifically around programming. Mm -hmm. So we learned about you know, MS-DOS programming and basic programming at the very early stage. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, we had also the chance to get this uh, first uh, computer on the market, an Amstrad, uh, at the time. And, uh, you know, uh, my father was pretty smart. And at the time, uh, instead of uh, buying us, uh, you know, these, uh, you know, uh, nice games that uh, people are playing with right now. So he asked us uh, uh, to, uh, to program our games with a visual basic book. Mm -hmm. And we started to program uh, at that stage. And it's where everything started. Yeah. Uh, my passion around you know, IT technology, uh, but as well my passion around uh, programming, automation, and I learned around, uh, you know, those uh, marvelous technology that, you know, I'm dealing uh, right now today. Yeah, but still, the IT and being CIO came later in your career. You Correct. started uh, more in R&D, production. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, my passion, I have two passions, right? So one is obviously the technology, generally speaking, but also innovation. And I've been always attracted by, you know, new things and uh, new technology out there and understanding the deep science. Mm -hmm. And I really started uh, in, uh, you know, R&D at the very beginning in automotive industry. And at the time, I had the unique opportunity to uh, work on, uh, you know, uh, an automatic machine to do, uh, you know, uh, inspection of uh, production parts for automotive. Mm -hmm. And it's where I learned as well, you know, how to combine science to 
programming and technology. Mm -hmm. And at the time as well, uh, these, uh, the owners gave me the opportunity to work on my first transformation and uh, you know, automatize uh, the entire shop floor mm -hmm. using uh, you know, new technologies like um, robots at the time, but as well you know, visual inspection, cameras, and uh, you know, any sort of uh, technology to uh, measure and to collect the data from the different machines in order to do yep. SPCs and statistic process control. Okay, so you're passionate about technology, right. about innovation, about Correct. creating things as well, I understand. Right. So, um, so tell us a little bit more um, before we uh, jump into um, your main programs that you have been working on for the last right. couple of years. Tell us a little bit more about Husky, the organization that we are here it's not a household name, yeah. so tell us what is, that, what is it that Husky does? Okay, in, in simple words, so Husky first is uh, the market leader mm -hmm. in uh, injection molding technology mm -hmm. uh, with a unique uh, capability to develop a solution for customers. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, innovation and engineering is the core of Husky to mm -hmm. bring value to the customers. And Husky is built on you know, uh, great people uh, across the world, yep. great engineers, great minds working together cross collaboratively yep. amongst various countries in order to uh, develop uh, those solutions and those, you know, applications for customers around the globe. Yeah. So Husky makes machines right. that turns plastic pallets right. into plastic uh, tubes that are used for bottles and so on, right? Right, correct. Okay. And it's a Canadian company. So it's a it's a Canadian company base, uh, but you know uh, you know implanted uh, everywhere in the world. So mm -hmm. we have uh, factories and facilities uh, in Shanghai, uh, in uh, India, uh, in uh, Luxembourg, where we are, in states and yep. uh, in Canada. So uh, we rely really on the global team in order to support Husky overall. Okay, and I understand it's about five thousand people. Globally? So it's around five thousand people uh, globally uh, okay. in the uh, you know the various uh, you know including all. The various uh, production sites yep. uh, and uh, you know uh, multicultural as well yep. uh, as you can understand so you know with this uh, global footprint yep. so we have uh, nationalities everywhere uh, yep. you know uh, from any countries uh, working yep. uh, as a global team and we're here in Luxembourg today so today <laughs> we are in Luxembourg uh, in the headquarter of Europe uh, mm -hmm. so we are around uh, 1,000 people and this uh, site uh, you know as uh, you know all the different uh, you know uh, capabilities around uh, sales uh, you know, production facility, uh, a service uh, facility, and as well, you know, uh, any corporate groups are working as well locally in there. Okay. So let's start from the business side of things. Right. What are the main challenges that the organization is facing today? What are the main strategies that you and, 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 and the other executives and teams are working on today? So, uh, generally speaking, uh, I think, you know, overall, uh, the challenges uh, that we are facing are, you know, uh, a lot of the challenges that we are facing on the global market uh, everywhere. So we see more and more uh, challenging world uh, with unprecedented, uh, you know, uh, things that are happening like yeah. uh, COVID, like uh, supply chain issues. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, what we are working towards is uh, to keep our competitive advantage, is making sure that we are always a step ahead mm -hmm. of uh, any of our competition, but uh, as well, any, uh, anyhow, uh, head of the market yeah. in order to anticipate uh, you know, any uh, capability that we need, uh, but uh, make sure that we can learn from the lesson and adapt uh, yeah. to uh, a changing world that uh, today is more and more unpredictable, obviously. Yeah. So what does that mean? I mean, making sure that in disturbing times that we live in, very challenging times that we live in, that you have to stay competitive. Does that mean that you have to focus on cost cutting? Does that mean that you have to focus on innovation? 
where is the where is the main focus? So I think you know, just speaking, the focus is uh, to grow the market. Grow. Uh, even if we have uh, you know challenging world, mm -hmm. uh, we want uh, to make sure that we can satisfy at best uh, our customers and uh, support the market overall. Yep. Uh, you know the uh, the market uh, obviously uh, can be challenging, but you know uh, supporting the strategy from a growth perspective uh, is critical. Uh, but as well, uh, ensuring that we can support uh, you know uh, the growth through uh, making sure that our supply chain, our manufacturing are mm -hmm. capable uh, in order to deliver on the growth target is also a, a key element that uh, we are working on. Yep. Uh, as, you, as we know, uh, you know, logistics uh, is complicated right now. Uh, you know, the lead times are increasing mm -hmm. as well as uh, supply chain shortages. Uh, you know, with the war in Ukraine and all these uh, you know things that are happening in the world are obviously creating those challenges that we have to overcome. Yep. Uh, but obviously, you know, uh, we are looking at you know any solution to help us there to support uh, this uh, growth that we are seeing on the market today. Okay, and I understand that for the last couple of years you have been focusing here in Husky and creating the factory of the future. Correct. Tell me about that. Yeah. So basically, the, the, the factory of the future has been, uh, you know, uh, an amazing program uh, mm -hmm. where uh, been, uh, I've been asked uh, by uh, the leadership uh, to work on uh, and very well supported uh, to give me uh, the opportunity to define what will be uh, the next uh, operating model for Husky. So applying uh, the practices of innovation, not only uh, to support our customer base, but as well uh, to support, uh, you know, our operation and the way that uh, we manufacture goods overall. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, the, the, the factory of future was uh, a proof of concept that uh, we started uh, in 2017, mm -hmm. where we have been given the opportunity to start you know, from a blank page, uh, but analyzing really you know, uh, the entire uh, operating model, mm -hmm. uh, looking at uh, what we could improve and what we could bring in order to enhance uh, basically the end-to-end -end process and uh, bring uh, with a breakthrough innovation in order to uh, you know, get faster to manufacture the parts, mm -hmm. to get a higher quality, and as well to have a, you know, a better cost overall. And uh, so we've been working for uh, one year and a half on this program from you know, six months of design mm -hmm. and uh, one year of implementation, standing yep. up from scratch this entire new uh, you know, operating model, uh, showing what is capable to define the North Star of uh, uh, the next generation operating model. Yep. So starting from defining the solution to our customers, you know, engineering uh, automatically, manufacturing automatically, and uh, you know, getting uh, the parts out of uh, the factory in a timely manner. Okay, and what does that mean, a new operating model for, for factory? I mean, you make machines right. that, that, that make yeah. plastic uh, elements. Right. So what does that mean, changing the operating model of a company that makes machines? Yeah, so what does it mean is uh, looking at uh, each of uh, the steps of mm -hmm. uh, basically uh, the operating model, mm -hmm. uh, looking at, first of all, you know, from a high complexity that you know usually is built over the years, mm -hmm. uh, resimplify it uh, to the core key elements that we need to work on. The second piece obviously is a lot of things is based on knowledge and uh, knowledge uh, is what makes uh, you know a lot of processes uh, manual and how we can digitize okay. and uh, bring this knowledge into the, the models uh, of our factory mm -hmm. and uh, be able to redesign uh, the flow based on you know automatic uh, activities that are based on this knowledge that has been captured and yeah. flow seamlessly through the factory okay so it digital has become a very a much more important part in the factory itself 
Yes. It's become the heart of the factory a little bit or the, the nervous started, system? I think that, you know, from the, the proof of concept that we started, we are at uh, the scaling phase right now because we've been uh, pretty successful in uh, making it happen and demonstrating the capability. And as we scale, obviously, uh, you know, this is bringing all uh, our production towards this new model. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, we are uh, been scaling quite extensively mm -hmm. up to 70% uh, of our capacity uh, in the manufacturing space. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this obviously has changed uh, the way that we uh, operate. Yeah. Uh, first of all, to have, you know, with more automated operations mm -hmm. and more data flow within the factory. Uh, we are not yet at the point where we entirely digitized everything because it's a pretty long process to scale, uh, you know, at the overall company, mm -hmm. uh, but we are pretty advanced uh, in the, the scaling activities. And uh, we have been, you know, building this factory bottom up with all the machine, the equipment, the SCADA system, that um, you know uh, enable this digitization of the shop floor, yep. and at the same time we are digitizing uh, our business rules, engineering rules, uh, solutioning rules, uh, in order to connect them to the factory floor. Mm -hmm. And what really remains now is really the flow uh, of yep. uh, the various elements through the through the end-to-end uh, -end process. Yep. And you have not only um, digitalized the uh, your own uh, production capability but capability but also the machines that come out they have become digital machines and you have implemented iot right in inside your yeah. your your production machine machines yeah. right Can yeah you yeah i think you know uh that's right. So we, uh, you know, uh, I think our, our CEO, uh, you know, uh, has been uh, defining a strategy in order to uh, enable also uh, services uh, mm -hmm. through uh, the solution that we are providing to our customers. So mm -hmm. we are providing, obviously, uh, equipment and machine, uh, but how to make sure that we can maintain uh, during the life cycle of this uh, equipment, uh, mm -hmm. basically the steady uh, commitment that we made uh, initially, yeah. so maintaining the operation capabilities, mm -hmm. maintaining the quality uh, of the goods, and uh, basically we stood up the same as a factory of the future with uh, another leader, uh, basically uh, you know someone that drove uh, the transformation of the service mm -hmm. and helped uh, basically to uh, define this uh, new uh, service model. Uh, that will provide uh, to our customers this unique capability to maintain the asset along the life cycle. Mm -hmm. And uh, on our side, from an uh, uh, you know, IT perspective, uh, so we've been working in the background through our factory future around data enablement and uh, standing up uh, newer capabilities in terms of uh, data architecture. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we've done is really simply taking those elements and starting to build uh, the digital capability in order to support uh, this uh, new service model based on a very complex architecture that is based on capturing the information into our customers mm -hmm. uh, through an edge device, bringing this information to a cloud infrastructure to be able to provide uh, two main elements. Uh, one is a real-time alerting that can provide in real time through our contact center a call to our customers mm -hmm. in order to tell them when uh, the machine is down or if the issues are you know, found out yep. through the rules and alerting that we created through this you know, uh, cloud solution. But at the same time, be able uh, to provide a report uh, that you know, uh, provide this uh, unique capability of understanding root cause of uh, issues and be able to help uh, our customers in order to drive a longer term efficiency uh, through their factories as okay. well. Just to give us an idea, you talk about your customers are other production facilities that create bottles and and and, and, and and so on. How many customers do you have around the world? So to give us an idea, that how many customers that you service? 
Uh, around thousands of customers around the globe. Uh, we have a global footprint. We serve uh, most of the countries around the globe, yep. uh, which is pretty unique uh, for a company of that size. Yep. And uh, basically, the cloud technology that we've been using mm -hmm. has helped us to scale uh, this technology pretty fast and yep. uh, to connect our customers around the globe. And to date, uh, we have over 40 uh, you know, countries that are connected mm -hmm. and uh, communicate to our cloud solution yep. in order to provide those analytics. So how can, let me try to picture this. Right. Your machines at, at, are at your thousands of clients. Yeah. These machines are connected to the cloud and they, they give you on a, on a, on a real-time basis data about how the machines function. Correct. And then you can analyze how they're doing, do preemptive maintenance. And right. Is, is that how I need to picture that? Yeah, yeah. so as I, uh, I said, so really two core components is mm -hmm. how they're performing right now. Mm -hmm. And if there's any stoppage or if any alerts that is created, be able to so call our customers. if they call you, you already know what the problem is. You should. Yeah, <laughs> we called them before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before they know the problem. Okay. And that's really the beauty of that. So we get this information ahead of time uh -huh. and it's a proactive call. So is the an amazing uh, technology that combine our experts, our skill set with the cloud technology that get the best of both. Mm -hmm. A lo lot of people are trying uh, to make you know, technology replacing human. Here mm -hmm. we are augmenting our people mm -hmm. through these technologies uh, to go more efficient at you know, uh, proactively reaching out to our customers in order to enable them to be uh, more successful in their day-to-day -day business. Okay. And what are the, uh, you talked about cloud, so I can imagine that you had to put in place quite an, a new set of technologies for, Correct. for, for that. Can you right. talk us a little bit through the stack that you need to develop? Yeah, for that? so uh, I think the, the stack components is pretty, is pretty large actually, uh, you know, because uh, it's first for us, you know, as an, uh, you know, a company uh, that is, uh, you know, manufacturing company from an IT perspective, place, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, this type of solution are pretty complex. And it's not only, you know, just a cloud solution, uh, you know, uh, based on analytics, but uh, it's really, you know, the first stack component is really uh, our machine needs to communicate to a device mm -hmm. that transfers this information out of our customer premise. Yeah. So that's the number one stack technology that has to be obviously secured, well-defined, but as well uh, need to be able to communicate with all the different machine generation, which is pretty complex because our machine were not meant initially to do that. Oh, yeah. So we had uh, really to connect this element. Uh, that is a pretty unique component uh, to connect to those equipments. The second piece is really absorb the data mm -hmm. and uh, bring them uh, you know, in uh, the data lake in order to be uh, you know, treated real time. Mm -hmm. Because obviously we need to have real time alerts that provide uh, this information uh, to our contact centers. So we have you know, altogether six contact centers around the globe that monitor consistently uh, those equipments uh, around the globe and be able to call our customers based on the alerts that are foreseen. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, provide this advanced analytics mm -hmm. uh, in order to look at you know, root cause analysis yeah. uh, around what are the failure modes uh, to provide a, a regular report uh, to our uh, customers in order yeah. to enhance those capabilities moving forward. And that uh, requires obviously web applications uh, because we need to also be able to have you know this uh, information feedback uh, mm -hmm. to our contact centers, but as well our customers uh, providing the information about what's happening on, on the shop floor because yep. we don't see everything, uh, material shortages or any other issues that the plant is seeing, and at the same time you know complex analytics. Uh, in order to provide uh, basically this uh, information, yep. uh, you know, in an aggregate manner, 
uh, that would make sense uh, to the people that will look at that. Okay. And you talk about advanced analytics. Do I also need to understand that there's uh, artificial intelligence there, that you have models that, that learn more than humans could, so, could think about? Uh, um, so we, we don't have, you know, it depends, you know, a lot of people have different ways yeah. to, to speak about uh, artificial intelligence. So uh, I think right now we have a lot of things that are rule-based. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, uh, the, I, I would say, uh, the key core foundation uh, to do, uh, you know, the real true artificial intelligence mm -hmm. uh, that will provide, uh, you know, by itself, you know, uh, some root causes and so on, but we have a certain intelligence to provide this analytics in, yep. a, in a standard fashion uh, to help to, uh, you know, define those root causes. But we don't have yet, I would say, the true artificial intelligence latest generation uh, at that stage, but it's uh, something that we are uh, looking forward uh, to implement in the, in, in the near future. Okay. So, Jean-Christophe, you have created the factory of the future. You have right. created a, a completely new way of servicing your thousands of clients. Uh, and you have, as I understand it, also reorganized the, the operating model of your IT department. Right. What was the purpose of reorganizing your IT department? I think that, uh, you know, when we are uh, looking at, uh, you know, uh, evolving technology, uh, evolving business needs, I think we need always to ask ourselves, are we set up for success the way mm -hmm. that we organized? And uh, when I started my role, uh, I've been, um, you know, very well supported by, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, mentors to help me to, you know, uh, you know, understand really what are the business core needs and components that will be successful that we need to bring proactively. Uh, but as well, what are the various operating models that uh, we were missing at the time, uh, basically in order to get to the next level. And really, uh, it starts with what are the business needs, and uh, you know, in the world as we see it today, uh, you know. First of all, we need uh, to be able to uh, provide, you know, value in a, in a timely manner. The, the world is changing faster, uh, you know, from the past where we may add much longer and larger programs, you know, the ERP tips, uh, yeah. type, uh, where we had two, three years of deliveries. Uh, it appears that the business uh, requires, you know, more pace in the delivery and more agility overall. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, determining already what the, the you know, how the context is evolving and uh, ensuring that we always meet uh, the, the business uh, targets made us realize that uh, we needed uh, to adapt uh, our uh, you know, operating model. But as well, uh, the scope of IT has crept. Okay. Right. So when, uh, you know, uh, maybe a couple of years ago, we were not talking about uh, GDPR. We were not talking as much about uh, cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. uh, we were not uh, talking about that much business transformation, uh, so to speak. Yep. So when we're thinking about uh, the way that we were operating uh, before, uh, we were looking more at the project base, uh, we transform one time, and then you know, we think about uh, the next big wave and we transform again. Uh, right now, when we're thinking about uh, you know, any transformation that we are, we are doing and bringing these new capabilities that are digital capabilities, uh, we see that we need to maintain them consistently. Mm -hmm. So if we're thinking about e-commerce, if we're thinking about web, yeah. uh, it's not a one-off. Yeah. So you need to maintain, you know, uh, keep your competitive advantage and always evolve. However, uh, the effort that you put on these various capabilities need to evolve depending on the business context. And it's so, where yeah. we're talking about the agility. So yeah. what we thought about is that in order to bring, uh, you know, these new capabilities and to maintain consistently this competitive advantage, we thought that reorganizing uh, our team through more product delivery mm -hmm. 
serving uh, the go-to-market, serving uh, the operational side, uh, but as well ser serving the service team mm -hmm. uh, is going to be critical in order to maintain those capabilities consistently yeah. uh, where they need to be based on the business needs. Mm -hmm. And that's where we thought that uh, we had to reorganize. And then thinking about uh, our skill set, Mm -hmm. uh, it's been uh, as well, uh, you know, uh, critical to review a little bit, you know, from, uh, you know, on-prem to cloud, uh, to, uh, you know, security, to cybersecurity, yep. uh, to, uh, you know, uh, data, to uh, advanced analytics and yep. data governance, uh, thinking about all this problematic and creating the future state operating model towards uh, yep. where we are striving for. So you're coming from a more traditional... Correct. Uh, uh, IT organization heavily influenced by ERP and so on to a more agile uh, DevOps, yeah. uh, where I, I can imagine you use the safe uh, yeah. framework and so Correct. on to, uh, to, to support the business in their changing business needs as well. Correct, yeah. Okay. Uh, how do you do that? So you, I understand your team is 140, 150 plus externals, 200 people in the team. Yep. So how do you change a 200 people team to start thinking in a more agile way? Yep. I mean, you can put people in new teams, but right. uh, the people themselves also need to uh, Correct. to change a bit. No? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, uh, it, this is what I love uh, in uh, in transformation and really my passion around uh, you know. Uh, seeing teams evolving, uh, setting up first uh, what's the end goal and uh, what we've done uh, just concretely is working with the leadership mm -hmm. to work together to establish what's our future state mm -hmm. as a team. And I think it's uh, very critical to engage, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the leaders and the people around this goal because, uh, you know, it has to be a common goal and not mm -hmm. my goal, but a common yep. goal uh, that align uh, to the business needs. Yep. Uh, it's also critical to have uh, the alignment of the leadership team and, uh, you know, uh, ensuring that, uh, you know, uh, our CEO and, uh, you know, the, the leadership team uh, is aligned as well uh, towards this end state and what we expect from the team. Yep. And that really uh, this expectation around, you know, two major, major elements is, First of all, uh, delivering capabilities and services, you know, as we do today, yep. but as well, uh, you know, uh, act, uh, adapt and act to change business needs and mm -hmm. be able uh, to provide breakthrough capabilities in order to get to the next level and not being, you know, at the very far end and waiting that the things happen to mm -hmm. act, but come more proactively. Uh, you know, we know that IT, uh, generally speaking, uh, technology, uh, you know, is a pretty long pace item. And, uh, you know, we need to plan ahead to be able to ready, be ready with those new capabilities yep. once the need is coming up mm -hmm. and not waiting that the need is coming up that we start to think about what capability we're going to bring in. Yep. So really bringing this uh, ideal state. So then I think the second piece is as well also changing the culture. Uh, because, you know, when we're thinking uh, about uh, the, the culture maybe that we had, uh, we needed to uh, reinforce uh, the message to the teams of uh, what are the critical elements of the culture that are uh, required to go to this journey. And this is going to be a journey for us mm -hmm. uh, to transform from the end state uh, to the current state and uh, bringing uh, you know, a customer focus, uh, empowerment, uh, empowerment and transparency to the team, yep. uh, but as well uh, you know, uh, thinking about cross-functional collaboration are key cultural change uh, that we want to bring. So, you know, in the past, uh, we had a lot of handovers from one team to the other to the other. Today's world, 
requires much more cross-collaboration amongst yeah. the teams uh, in order to get the delivered outcome. It requires much more transparency to be able to solve the problem. Uh, and uh, it requires as well uh, much more agility in the mindset to be able uh, basically to change objective when uh, it's required and when the business needs it. Yeah. And so you're a, a, a bit a special one in the, in the world of the CIOs because most CIOs right. have spent their career in the IT department Correct. and then they become yeah. the CIO. But you right. spent most of your career outside. You've, uh, right. you've been in, in R&D, you've building new factories and so right. on. So, and, and then you came into a position as a CIO. So that, is that an advantage or a disadvantage that first you were in the business and now you're in, 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 so, in IT? Yeah, so I think, it's, I, think I see that both, uh -huh. uh, both way. Uh, so for sure, you know, from a knowledge perspective, when you enter uh, in the world of IT, it's, uh, uh, in English you would say you drink from the fire hose because it's so large, mm -hmm. so complex, so many things to absorb, to learn about. Uh, which is, uh, you know, quite of a challenge. Yeah. Uh, however, when you come with fresh eye, uh, obviously, and uh, you have the ability to learn and uh, to think, you know, as well cross-functional uh, and, uh, you know, at the functional level, uh, it's also an advantage to maybe uh, not be caught by the past, mm -hmm. by things that you couldn't change before, yeah. and re rethink it, uh, you know, through a new lens and uh, not, uh, not be dragged uh, by all the legacy that uh, you've been seeing over the past years. Because yeah. I think, you know, uh, a lot of things that I've seen during this experience is great opportunities, but also uh, a big baggage in IT because, you know, technology is very complex. Uh, you know, uh, it's, you know, very challenging to, uh, to, to get, uh, you know, everyone across the organization understanding the role of IT, mm -hmm. uh, the complexity. Uh, and uh, uh, for me, uh, I think both, uh, you know, it's been a, initially a disadvantage in a way that I didn't have all the terms, all mm -hmm. the understanding. But obviously, I did put the effort to learn yep. quick. <laughs> uh, and the other piece is obviously, uh, you know, uh, add the free mind mm -hmm. to be uh, able to think different yeah. as well. And what was your biggest surprise in, 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 as a new CIO, something that you didn't expect? Yeah, I think, you know, it may be obvious for all the CIOs that are working there, but the span of knowledge, mm -hmm. the span of the understanding that, that needs to be in this team is huge because I think it's the, one of the only team within an organization when we're speaking about a team that supports at the same time new product and new features that we're going to sell, but at this, you know, understanding also how we're going to digitize our business processes, yeah. we need to understand each and the single piece of all the elements of the system and the capability and on top yeah. all the supporting infrastructure and then have the ability to be able to change those and make them evolve, yeah. which, uh, you know, pretty large uh, and, uh, you know, Obviously, from an impact point of view, mm -hmm. uh, you know, pretty challenging because, you know, whatever you touch here may, <laughs> you know, uh, impact that. So I think the biggest surprise was this magnitude of knowledge mm -hmm. that uh, we had to maintain in the team and uh, the, 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 the large scope of, uh, of the team that has evolved as well, because I think we were not touching everything at yep. the time. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, un it's pretty unique, I feel. Okay. So you're happy that you made the switch then? I, I love it. <laughs> Very good. One, one more question on, 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 on IT is we recently did a, a, 
uh, a big conference on the future of ERP. So where are you in your ERP transformation here? Is that a topic that we could address as well? Well, yeah, I think, you know, just speaking, it's true that, you know, when we're thinking about uh, ERPs, uh, just speaking, which is, uh, you know, where a subset where everything was in, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so obviously today with the current technology, we have to think different because this uh, monolithic system, very complex, unflexible, yeah. are not manageable. And they can be uh, a risk to the business not able to switch yeah. to different operating models because of the slowness to adapt yeah. uh, the business processes that are fully integrated in those ERPs. And flexibility today we see is, is critical. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, we're not going to change operating model every day, but you know, we need to be able to adapt uh, to add capabilities as need be. Yep. And, uh, you know, when we're thinking about those systems, uh, obviously, you know, the, the key core question is, you know, is it, you know, ERPs? Is it best of breeds? Is it a combination of all? Because yep. there's a switch. Uh, we cannot go from best of breed to uh, ERPs. Yep. So what we are looking at, obviously, is, uh, you know, uh, to get the highest value right away is uh, ensuring that we have a good strategy around, you know, uh, integration, understand what are, uh, the data model round yep. and uh, ensuring that uh, we complement our ERPs, uh, ERPs uh, you know, uh, with newer technologies and yep. capabilities that can be rapidly scaled, yep. uh, get, can be also a little bit autonomous uh, without creating yep. uh, you know, a very large uh, disruption in our core ERP. But we see uh, you know, today more and more, I think, a delineation between uh, the data repository between uh, the functional capabilities of yep. ERP and sub-additional uh, elements that will be complementing those yep. ERP moving forward. But you have already started on, let's yep. say, modernizing yep. ERP and, yep. and, and seeing, uh, because the questions are, what are we going to use for, for CRM, for procurement? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so ERP in many organizations becomes the core, yep. the core module. Yep. And then we have different modules around for Correct. HR and so on and so on. Yep. So, so the strategy is, yep. is already there. So we studied, uh, yeah, we studied this strategy. So when I started, uh, you know, within the role, uh, you know, I started to, to create this role of, you know, uh, enterprise architecture mm -hmm. uh, and the data, uh, you know, around the data governance, yeah. uh, because I felt that, uh, you know, if we want to, you know, move towards a goal, I think it's very important to have a target. Yeah, to have and a common a target data model. And a and data model. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we started this journey already four years ago. And as we started our transformation, uh, we created the layers that are critical and the initiatives that are critical in order uh, basically to set foundation yeah. uh, in order to move to this uh, target architecture. Obviously, this target architecture would move as the business moves. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, in general terms, uh, we created these uh, different layers mm -hmm. around uh, technologies uh, that are core capability and then, you know, functional capability that support uh, additional uh, EAP you know, needs from the business that mm -hmm. are connected yep. and, uh, you know, uh, the way to connect those elements together. And more important is when we are thinking about process layer, because mm -hmm. uh, we have, uh, I think, one of the core issues around where the processes, the flows mm -hmm. of information in between the teams are. Yep. are. Mm -hmm. So we also developed a, a way to think about, you know, uh, the process layer and how to communicate from teams to teams uh, without having... Uh, a, a mixture of process data function altogether that yeah. is very difficult to maintain. Okay. 
And where are you in your, let's call it data journey? You talked about the yeah. data lake for service. Right. right. Uh, and, and so I can imagine that you're working on, uh, on, on a global data strategy. So Correct. where are you there and how much work is still to be done? So uh, data is uh, obviously, uh, you know, the core of any businesses. But, you know, obviously, when we're thinking about uh, the way that companies have evolved, uh, not always, you know, evolved in the sink by having this enterprise uh, data model overall. Uh, we started, you know, already, uh, you know, four years ago around, uh, you know, uh, modernization of our data strategy, mm -hmm. uh, bringing new capabilities, new technologies, uh, but as well new team capability in order yeah. to support uh, the business. And it's where uh, we started to, to bring uh, some element of the governance uh, in place. So uh, we still have a journey because uh, obviously we started with some key core areas as a proof of concept in mm -hmm. order to uh, enable the team with these uh, new core capabilities and, and technology. So yeah. uh, our factory of the future has been supported with this new modern architecture. Mm -hmm. uh, our service model IoT has been supported as well with this new modern yeah. uh, data architecture. And right now we are really more at the scaling of uh, those capabilities. And yeah. as the technology evolves, as uh, you know, the, uh, the learnings evolve, we're also adapting this uh, modern data architecture to uh, which business will piece of business will uh, get most benefit of, yep. uh, but as well how we can complement and, uh, you know, uh, add this uh, functionality to our uh, data uh, ecosystem. Okay. But it's pretty large. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, let's talk for a moment about your vision for and, and strategy for cloud. Where do you want to take this company? Is are you gonna, you're on a path to 100% cloud or, or, or is that not important or it's, and uh, is, I mean, is a multi-cloud, what what's, what's your plan there? But I think, you know, we need to think when we're thinking about cloud, I think uh, the first question is, the strategy is not to move to the cloud. Mm -hmm. The strategy is what the benefit <laughs> of moving to the cloud, yeah. uh, what the constraints and what we're going to bring. And when I'm looking at and stepping back to understand, okay, what we want to do uh, with cloud and where we're going, mm -hmm. uh, I think it depends of uh, various factors. Uh, one is obviously uh, basically the uh, you know the the technical depth and uh, you know how uh, you know we can maintain you know all the things in premise and obviously going to the cloud uh, is supporting and helping however it's changing a little bit the business model uh, the funding uh, and eventually the cost because it's not maybe sometimes cheaper uh, nope. to go to the cloud nope, it might be more <laughs> expensive so uh, we need to think about what additional benefit we're going to get is it uh, business continuity is it cyber security yep. is it going to be scalability so what we are choosing where we put the cloud is where it most makes more sense mm -hmm. from a business concept rather than from a, you know a technical perspective and saying yep. well we're going to move to the cloud everywhere which is i don't think it's the right thing the second piece is the legislation as well is evolving a lot, mm -hmm. right? So we have the data residency, we have, you know, GDPR, we have, you know, different vendors, uh, we have Data Act coming in Europe. Yep. There's going to be a lot of movement still uh, moving, uh, you know, to the clouds and, uh, you know, maybe some changes uh, will happen, uh, you know, in the near future uh, that will uh, create, uh, you know, a different perspective. So, uh, again, uh, cloud is where it makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, from a cyber, from uh, you know capability standpoint, but uh, I don't picture today cloud everywhere no. at that stage uh, because there's I think uh, you know couple of capabilities that we believe still will remain for some time uh, in the on premise. Yep. Uh, so I see that more as a combination. 
uh, and as well looking at uh, eventually uh, more than cloud is also eventually uh, data centers uh, that maybe not cloud but uh, close by uh, to support uh, maybe uh, some additional capability that we need. So we need to look at it from an overall ecosystem and thinking as well uh, around the value that we're going to bring uh, to the business through this lens. Yeah. We talked about that you um, reorganized your IT organization. Yeah. So how is it, what are the, how are the teams set up today? What are the different groups? In, uh, yeah, so the, the way that we organized uh, is, uh, you know, I have a first an, uh, office of CIO, uh, mm -hmm. so, uh, which, uh, you know, uh, support me on the budget, on the PMO side to help to get uh, the full transparency around uh, the various activities among the team and uh, as well the true capabilities and ensure as well that we have, uh, uh, and this team is doing a fantastic job around uh, the management of the cost because obviously, you know, as a, as a, as a CIO, the, the, the cost pressure uh, with all the vendors coming with, you know, uh, additional costs and, uh, you know, this uh, transition to the cloud, we need to have a very, very strong team around, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the budget in order to ensure that we meet our commitments, but as well, we're managing our vendors the way uh, that it should. Yeah. So one key core function that is really my right hand uh, for support is really around the office of, uh, of CIO. So the, the second piece is where uh, really I started is around product innovation. Mm -hmm. So the product innovation is the team that uh, support the business uh, from stream point of view. So we somehow decomposed uh, basically the uh, activity based on uh, stream. So go to market, we sell. Go to market is the stream. Yep. Operation, we produce. Uh, how we digitize, what are the different capabilities that we need to deliver is one stream. And then uh, everything around the services uh, as well uh, is one stream. And uh, in this uh, product innovation as well as data is, uh, is a very big core component. Uh, we have also the, the data team okay. uh, within uh, this team. And then uh, we have agile practice and project practice all together mm -hmm. in this team in order to be able to also transition between still some core elements that are done from a project management standpoint, uh, infrastructure project as an example, yep. uh, you know, uh, today are done still on a project management piece, but you know, ensuring as well that we have uh, and we develop our practice around the agility with our scrum masters, our product owners, uh, and as well our delivery managers uh, mm -hmm. in order to be able to deliver on these sub-product capabilities. Yep. So you reorganized your uh, your team, you've set yeah. it up, you've got a great CIO office. Yeah. Where do you spend most of your time today and where do you see as fundamentally your role today? Yeah, so I think, you know, uh, today where I spend most of my time and I think, uh, you know, a lot of uh, CIO will, will talk about it uh, today, uh, but uh, there's really two elements. Uh, one is deconstructing the business right away. So, you know, helping the team in order to, uh, to bring these uh, new capabilities that will support the business. And the second piece is the people side. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, uh, and we know that, I think, uh, you know, we see uh, the shortages of, uh, of resources uh, around the globe, around, yeah. uh, you know, IT uh, professionals. Uh, and uh, for me, uh, you know, the success of a team is with people. And uh, talent are at the core yep. of uh, you know my my work on day-to-day -day work, in order to uh, you know attract uh, retain the talents uh, because obviously is a is a big competition around that yep. uh, you know uh, around the globe and uh, this is a critical element 
basically to be able to understand what are the enterprise value drivers mm -hmm. that would uh, attract uh, the talents, how we can support uh, you know, the leaders to hire the right people, but as well uh, to, uh, to keep the talent in the organization in order to ensure that we are a successful team and deliver on those capabilities. Uh, because obviously talents are two elements. One is be able to deliver on the capabilities, but the other piece is maintaining the business continuity, which is a very critical element. Mm -hmm. So uh, if we don't have the right talents, if we don't have a motivated team, we cannot yeah. be a successful uh, team. And why would people come and work in your team? So, uh, so the, the, why they would come uh, from, uh, to work on our team? So, uh, obviously, you know, I think compared to uh, many other organizations, uh, I think we have a pretty large footprint of activities mm -hmm. that are for the people that are tech savvy, Mm -hmm. I think would be interested because, you know, I'm a tech savvy, you know, when I look at everything we do, I'm always amazed. So it's super interesting. I, I love it. Uh, the second t thing is that, you know, we have a group, maybe the first, but we have a great company. And I think uh, overall, we are well supported in those uh, transformation and uh, we are enabled to support the business. Uh, some others won't be enabled, uh, you know, by budgetary uh, yeah. elements and so on. So uh, I think that's uh, another key core component. And, uh, and uh, the second piece, uh, the third piece is really, uh, again, around the team. We have an amazing team, uh, which is global. So it's not mm -hmm. local. So we're working, uh, you know, across, you know, continents, across cultures. And uh, it's pretty an amazing uh, journey to work, you know, across the world with different people and be able to deliver, uh, you know, amazing technologies or, you know, supporting the business in that yeah. context. Uh, I think that's, uh, you know, an amazing way to think about, you know, uh, you know uh, being, uh, you know, in IT at Husky. Yeah. Where are your people based? Well, I mean... So uh, my people are based, uh, you know, uh, around the globe. So uh, I have uh, team members, uh, in China, mm -hmm. uh, in India, uh, in uh, uh, Switzerland, uh, in uh, Czech, uh, in uh, uh, Luxembourg, mm -hmm. in US, uh, and in uh, Canada mm -hmm. for most of them, yeah. Okay. So it's pretty so you, you, you used to travel a lot, I can imagine, but not so much anymore. Though. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to be present, uh, you know, at least, uh, you know, in US, in, in Canada, where, uh, you know, uh, there's also some uh, business support and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, meet my, uh, uh, my peers over there yeah. uh, to ensure that we have uh, and we keep communication. Uh, it's true that uh, COVID uh, has changed a bit <laughs> the, the way it worked, but, uh, you know, uh, overall, I think we, we, did, we did a good job. Uh, I think, you know, uh, the interaction through uh, images doesn't replace Mm -hmm. uh, human touch, yeah. you know, having a drink and having a coffee with the people is always very important. And uh, I feel that, you know, uh, uh, you, know, I, you know, it's important to me to, to meet the people live yeah. uh, regularly, but been traveling yeah, in the various uh, areas of the world. Let's talk about diversity. I mean, right. we, we work in a machine building company right. in, 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 tech, in technology, in IT. Uh, so how can you make that a diverse team and how, how do you work on in inclusion in, uh, in, in, in such a team? I think, you know, overall, uh, you know, uh, generally speaking, uh, when we are thinking about, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion, I think, you know, a part of the team 
is diversity. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, as strange as it can be, uh, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, uh, the different profile, uh, it's important to have different profile, different experience, uh, you know, because everyone brings something. What is important is to bring cohesion mm -hmm. in the team. And uh, I feel that, you know, if you would have always the same type of profiles, yeah. you may not be as successful as diversifying the profile and accepting, uh, you know, the difference of culture because everyone has different perspective. Everyone sees from his lens. And the most important is that the team sees, you yep. know, all and be able to deliver those capabilities. So uh, the way that we do it and uh, when we, uh, we, uh, we build the team is that, you know, I think we, and we were discussing our leaders, is really to complement the team with skills and soft skills. Mm -hmm. I think it's not only about uh, skill set, technology uh, skills today yep. anymore. I think it's also a bit uh, the ability to yeah. work collaboratively amongst I mean, team. If you have Chinese and Swiss and Americans yeah. that need to work together, that's not an easy thing, right? Well, I think, you know, Husky is a great company where everyone has been very successful uh, working together. And since I started at Husky, uh, I've been amazed uh, by the ability to work uh, together as a team, uh, beside the, our cultural differences mm -hmm. uh, in the aim of working as a team and, uh, you know, uh, defining a team, a goal for the team uh, where the team will feel successful towards yeah. this goal and will get pleasure working together all along. So you lead a team, a couple of hundred people, internal, external. Yeah. What is your management style? How do you manage your teams, make sure that they're successful? So I think the management style, and it's, uh, it's funny because we tend to put a management style or leadership style mm -hmm. in one box. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, well, I'm like this, right? So, and I think over the course of all my career, uh, what I recognized uh, is that the situational leadership mm -hmm. is more important than one management style. And yeah. what I'm looking at uh, on management style, I said, I'm a transformational management style is that when it's required, I'm very supportive. Mm -hmm. When it's required, I give autonomy, but it depends where the team is. Okay. Because there's a, you know, in the, in the in transformation where the, when we change things, uh, not everywhere uh, and not everyone uh, is at the same uh, you know, level of skill set, mm -hmm. and not everyone is at the same level of comfort yeah. with the skill set. And what I feel is that, uh, and what is really truly true important, is to be able, first of all, to understand where your team sits, to understand where they are, mm -hmm. what they need, and be able to support them the best from, and sometimes, you know, uh, supporting can be pre-directive. Must be sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. but not always. Sometimes uh, it's uh, giving autonomy yeah. and it's really depending of uh, the situation. So I, I wouldn't say, you know, very often people want to have a, a simple answer. I would say it yeah. depends. Okay. And I think it's depend <laughs> of the, the activity uh, the that we're working on. And the okay. context. Let me, let me <laughs> ask the question in, in a different way then. Yeah. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I still want to know. <laughs> so your management leadership style. Yeah. Um, if I would ask the people yeah. that work with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, how, how would they describe your leadership style? What would they say about you when you're not around? Okay, so I think they would say first, maybe that, uh, you know, I'm pretty demanding. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, I have a lot of energy. Uh, and uh, I have, uh, you know, 
I like, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, um, I have a lot of passion for things and I bring a lot of energy and yep. a lot of, you know, activities. And sometimes I'm taking <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> sometimes you're driving them crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, but uh, I'm also pretty reflective on understanding where we need to set the limit. Okay. Uh, because, uh, you know, what I learned is that you don't want to lose your team. Uh, so you want to make sure that your team is also uh, onboarded. Mm -hmm. And that's very important. But... Uh, you know, with my energy, my passion, uh, obviously I drive a certain, you know, uh, energy and uh, pass forward that uh, I think the team would reflect, I guess. Uh, the second piece uh, that uh, uh, they would say eventually uh, is that um, sometimes I'm far ahead mm -hmm. in, uh, in the thought process uh, because obviously, you know, I try, you know, I'm, 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 my, my brain works like this, never stops. Yep. Uh, so I keep, uh, I keep thinking and obviously, uh, you know, at one point I may be uh, a bit ahead of my thought process without bringing all the condition and the information that have, would have made sense to the team. So uh, knowing this uh, issue, I'm trying also to sometimes reflect and try to bring the context yep. uh, because they, they would say, yeah, you're, you're you know, I don't understand where you are because I went already two or three steps ahead yeah. of uh, maybe a vision or a decision, whereas I may have explained what's the context, uh, what's the intention, where we're going, yeah. and ensuring that I can, f I can get the team there. Okay. That brings us to your uh, yeah. personality. Eh? Right. And, and, and so you shared with us your uh, uh, MBTI profile, right. and you are an ENTP. Yeah. Uh, also known as, uh, known as the visionary or as the debater. And these are uh, persons with extroverted, intuitive and thinking, prospective right. personality traits. And these are uh, types that tend to be bold, yeah. creative. They like to deconstruct and rebuild ideas with great mental agility and they pursue their goals despite any resistance that they might encounter. Right. Um, I know the type very well because I'm in the, <laughs> I'm in the, I'm in the same group. Yeah. So... Uh, what I like to test with you is I will give you a couple of strengths right. and you tell me, yes, I believe that or, or maybe you, well, you right. probably will challenge it anyway. So, yeah. uh, so an ENTP typically has a strength that they're knowledgeable, yeah. that they're quick thinkers, they're original, excellent brainstormers. I mean, that's what we like to do, right? Charismatic and energetic. So uh, um, do they all fit? I think they, yeah, I think they fit more or less on okay. the on the, on the okay. profile. But then the more interesting bits are the weaknesses, of course, yeah, so yeah, the sure. development points. Yeah. So, yeah. so we have to we have to watch out not to be argumentative. Correct. And try to win every argument for the sake of the argument. Yep. Uh, sometimes, and and that's what I would like to touch on is. Mm we can be uh, intolerant and insensitive. Correct. Because of your uh, thinking component. Right. Uh, you talked already a lot about your team. Right. So how did you learn to manage teams? How did you learn to also develop your emotional side, your yeah. relationships side? Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, it, it comes with uh, not only soft skills on who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, from, from this standpoint, uh, you know, all my uh, youth, uh, when I was young, uh, I think, you know, uh, one of the, the gifts that I got uh, from my parents is uh, basically to move very often, you know, from countries to countries or area to area. And, uh, you know, help me to understand, uh, you know, how important people are. Mm -hmm. 
because you know uh, when you are in your steady, uh, you may think that uh, basically you know uh, people are not important. But when you lose them regularly, you start to learn the hard way. Okay. You know how important people are. I think the second piece I think that is also uh, where I learn a lot of things uh, that balance this energy and uh, as well uh, balance uh, the other gift that I was giving uh, by my, my mom at the time was really the persistence because I'm very persistent. Okay. Uh, so he's as well working as a team. Uh, so I've been uh, you know, uh, doing a lot of sports, uh, collective sports. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, what I learned is that there's not best than working as a team and winning as a team, mm -hmm. which uh, you know is not around uh, you know thinking that you can solve all the problems of the earth by yourself, mm -hmm. but you need also to respect the individuals as part of the team yeah. and value the people for uh, basically the, 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 the their thoughts, uh, their ideas. Uh, their feelings mm -hmm. and make sure that uh, you know uh, when you're part of this team you also recognize and uh, uh, learn about uh, your teammates and how uh, what drives them yeah. and what doesn't drive them because one of the challenges of ENTPs is they can come up with a good idea every day right and so they they can drive their team crazy because they will try to implement a new right. idea and another yeah. new idea and yeah. another new idea and yeah. And, 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 and then they can switch right. priorities just like that. Yeah. So you talked about your, your, your CIO office. Right. Is that where the stability comes yeah. from and the yeah. strategy yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. comes so from? The, in the, and it's funny that you reflect that uh, because, uh, you know, uh, Paul, which is uh, my lead of uh, CIO office, mm -hmm. is the opposite of me. And we work great together and we are very complementary because he's the person that brings this rigor yep. and structure to the team that makes sure that, you know, uh, you know, from a financial point of view, from a delivery point of view, so we manage. And as well, uh, you know, uh, that helped me when we need to go further. Yep. And uh, it's where, when I'm talking about the team, is around, I'm not the CIO deciding for everyone, I'm part of the team. And the team has a various component that are required to function. Yep. And it's by complementing each other that we are the best performing team, mm -hmm. rather than thinking that I can be everyone. Right? So I think that you know, uh, that's great uh, support that I have from, uh, from uh, this uh, standpoint. But as well, you know, uh, the ENTP needs to listen as well. Yep. And the first thing for an NTP is before talking, start listening. Yeah. And, and <laughs> surround yourself with complement types, with complement people. Complementary people are very, important. Uh, are very important in order to be successful. And that's the way that uh, you know, I'm building a team. Uh, I wouldn't like to have people like me uh, all across <laughs> the organization. I think that won't be good. Uh, but having you know, uh, a great team with different skill set, with different soft skills and mm -hmm. where they need uh, to be, I think it's, uh, it's great. Yeah, you already talked about your father and your right. mother, the things yeah. that you learned from them. Yeah. Were there other important mentors in your life, people that you looked up to, people that you learned from that, that, um, that you can mention? Yeah, so I think that there's a couple of people I, I learned from at different stage of my life. And, uh, you know, what is important is to learn every day. Mm -hmm. So uh, if my mantra <laughs> is continuous learning and adapting, uh, because you, you never... 
I think, stop learning in life. Uh, I think everyone that brings addition to your reflection is, is a great learning, uh, bad or wrong, but uh, that's a great learning. Uh, one of the, the first, uh, one of the first mentor, because when I was young, I was uh, much more energetic even, <laughs> and uh, maybe sometimes more stubborn. And uh, it's where, uh, you know, from uh, this mentor, I learned around operational excellence, uh, which, uh, you know, and go to maybe the next level of, you know, how with a team we can, uh, you know, uh, operate in, you know, a high level of standard. Mm -hmm. uh, that was, uh, you know, uh, my first experience in, in Savoir where I had a fantastic leader, uh, David Biguet, that uh, worked with me and uh, helped me to understand uh, who I am mm -hmm. and helped me uh, to go to the next level. I think uh, other mentors as well, uh, you know, if I can name them, so was uh, uh, West Grove, what's uh, from a leadership uh, point of view, is where, uh, because I think that what I learned, uh, I'm very persistent, but persistent can be stubborn at one point. And, uh, you know, I learned to balance around persistence mm -hmm. uh, and agility, uh, which is also very important uh, in order to adapt. And at one point, you know, uh, with a clear uh, line of sight, uh, yeah. understand where it's time to change uh, versus persistence. Because yeah. persistence can bring you far, uh, but also can bring you to the wall. So you need also to be able to switch faster yeah. in a changing world. And uh, I learned around that. And uh, from my uh, CEO, uh, John Gold, what I learned is, you know, go beyond what is capable, what, what, what is feasible. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that, you know, uh, Sometimes, uh, you know, when we go through problems, uh, there's always a lot of people to tell you it's not feasible, it's not possible, we won't give up. You know, we won't be able to make it happen. And I think that, you know, uh, having the right team, having the, the right approach, working as a team uh, can bring us to the next level. And, uh, you know, it's not about, you know, when you have the right team, a lot of things that be perceived not feasible can be feasible. And uh, in, a, in a changing world, uh, a lot of fears, a lot of things, uh, you, know, uh, you know, are pushing people not to do anything. Whereas I think that what I learned is, you know, let's make sure that we give all our options to make a change, mm -hmm. to go to a better state. Okay. Let's talk a bit more about your personal life. You, you've got a family, Jean Christophe? Yeah, I have a family. Yeah. Kids? Yeah, two kids, yeah. Okay. What are, the, what are the, the values that you're passing on to your children? I think um, one thing uh, which I found uh, very successful, generally speaking, uh, that I think is, uh, is very important for, for people when they grow up uh, is uh, integrity, mm -hmm. uh, but as well uh, honesty and, uh, and uh, Persistence. I think that you know, in our world, uh, very often we are no more now in the age where everybody changes everything all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, at the end, you look backward and what what did happen, what I've done, and uh, you know, you haven't been able to build something. So I think uh, I'd like to uh, you know also bring them the, the value that uh, sometimes it's important to uh, to change, but it's also yeah. important to persist. Uh, so, which is uh, you know a, a core element that I feel uh, is important for them. The other piece is, you know, uh, creativity and learning abilities. And uh, 
which I think, uh, you know, sometimes we, we have uh, the tendency to uh, overwhelm people with tons of stuff and, uh, you know, do a lot of things. But sometimes it's, it's, it's important to stop, to reflect. And uh, innovation and creativity also uh, can come with people get bored. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, I'd, li I'd like to, to get them to, to that stage where also because when we, we are in a changing world, it's important to be, uh, you know, uh, in the mindset that things can be changing and they have the ability to, to think a bit out of the box on how they can solve problems. Okay, and would you, see, would you say, I'm trying to understand that yeah. because it sounds interesting, would you say that sometimes children, you need to give them the opportunity to be bored yeah. so that they can become creative? Yeah, they become creative and, uh, you know, very often <laughs> with my energy, when I get bored, I start, when I start to think about, okay, how I can improve, how I yeah. can do or reflect about uh, certain things. And uh, sometimes, you know, too much things, you know, if you are in your uh, you know, laptop, uh, your computer or your internet, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just absorbing information you may not be able uh, to add value to this information any further. Yeah. So I think that's one of the elements. Uh, and uh, uh, the other piece is around, uh, you know, uh, uh, people, you know, uh, diversity, uh, understanding different cultures, mm -hmm. uh, give them the ability to uh, be curious in people's mind uh, and uh, build a strong, uh, you know, friendship uh, with people uh, at work, not at work, uh, at school, I think is a, is, a, is a critical element that I'd like to, to have then also. What do you do with your, um, your creativity and your, your energy outside of work? What, what are your personal passions? Uh, passion, passions have uh, have a lot. So uh, <laughs> I'm 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 a geek still. So uh, I love uh, to create uh, at home. So uh, you know I'm I'm doing my uh, own automation at home. You know for uh, uh, for the for home. Uh, I love to create uh, to do 3D printing. Uh, you know uh, solutions uh, when I try to solve a problem. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm using either you know IT technology to build my own automation. Uh, so using APIs or, you know, uh, various type of technologies that I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm learning uh, every day uh, and testing them at home as well. Uh, or, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I love, you know, mechanics and uh, design. So I'm building this uh, 3D printing and uh, obviously uh, all the passion is, uh, you know, projects. I like, you know, uh, building up, you know, new projects like, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, house projects or, you know, uh, investment projects, uh, that would be very interesting. Uh, so I, I love this type of, you know, things. So I'm never bored, I would say. And how, I mean, you have this high energy. So how do you relax when, when you can calm down and, and get to When yourself? I do sports. <laughs> so okay. when I do sports, so my release uh, is sports. I do quite a bit of sports. So it's where, uh, you know, through the sports, I can uh, uh, release the, the energy and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, practicing, you know, uh, swimming or bike or whatever regularly is, uh, I think, important uh, for high energy uh, in order to ensure that, you know, the high energy is not transpired to, uh, to the team too much neither. Let's, in your personal life, if you had to pick one thing, uh, and, and let's not say it's the birth of your children or meeting no. your wife, but what was the... Outside of these days, what was the best thing that has ever happened um, to you in your life? So, I think the, the best thing, yeah, I'm going to say it this way, for a French guy, he speaks English, and have uh, the chance 
basically uh, to learn and then uh, pretty uh, rapidly uh, when I was 13 to go to England to uh, you know you know uh, train more because this opened up the world the English speaking world at least yeah the world yeah so that's that was I think uh, because he uh, you know uh, it's where uh, you know obviously you know uh, opened up the world to me uh, you know uh, you know, getting uh, to visit new countries, uh, get in a relationship with people that, you know, are outside of the country and get to know different cultures and be curious about that. Yeah. And that opened up a, a hell of uh, capability uh, yeah. that uh, obviously helped me all along my life and uh, what uh, that I'm using, uh, you know, every day of my life today. Yeah. And, and inter then, in international culture and travel, is that is that a passion as well? Yeah, uh, international culture, uh, travel, uh, you know, France, so I, you know, I, you know, through my whole career at a ski and outside of a ski. So I created also not only, uh, you know, uh, work relationship, but friendship mm -hmm. uh, with people that, uh, you know, uh, cross my, uh, my path uh, yeah. over the years. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty glad to have, you know, a lot of people that I know around the world and uh, uh, from different cultures. Yep. And that uh, truly, uh, you know, uh, amazing people that I like to uh, interact with. Yep. So many, many good things have happened to you in your life. I mean, you right. had amazing opportunities and, right. and you took the opportunities to, uh, to, to build a great life. Yep. But we all have our setbacks. Yep. So could you share maybe one of the bad things that happened to you in your life and how you overcome them? Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, when you have a, a lot of energy uh, and uh, when you are, uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, goal driven, mm -hmm. you know, uh, sometimes you come to the trap of not taking any more pleasure mm -hmm. uh, during uh, the phase of the activities that you're pursuing. And obviously, you know, uh, sometimes you have the, the life uh, coming back to you to tell you, hey, uh, you know, uh, you work uh, too much, uh, you have, uh, you know, too much energy, take also pleasure mm -hmm. with your team to get uh, things done. And uh, it's uh, through uh, big projects where, you know, it was very intense. Uh, it's where you realize and you step back, you say yourself, well, you know, you know, I thought that it was great to go to the summit of uh, this mountain, but, uh, you know, now that I'm here, I'm just <laughs> exhausted. <laughs> so uh, trying to take also, uh, you know, uh, a great pleasure uh, working with the with the teams, uh, you know, through these goals, mm -hmm. and not uh, being uh, only uh, you know driven by the goal, I think is also yeah. very important. So enjoy the journey, and not yeah. only uh, achieving the goals. Yeah. Uh, great. So let's return a bit to your professional career. Right. A um, couple of questions there. Uh, one is, as an ENTP, you like new things. You like right. change. Right. You like to change your things yourself. Yeah. But at the same time, you're already more than 15 years that you work here at Husky. Right. <laughs> so so, so how, do, how does that compute? Ah, but uh, first is that, uh, uh, obviously, you know, uh, there's change and change. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, all my career at Husky, uh, I've been working in, uh, you know, uh, new things, new innovation, new capabilities. And, uh, you know, uh, I've been very lucky to have been given the opportunity to evolve all along. Mm -hmm. And that has been always, you know, new things to build, new things to create, yeah. and newer capabilities uh, to bring to life. And, uh, you know, uh, within Husky, I think, uh, you know, uh, uniquely uh, compared to other opportunities that I had over the past uh, before, 
you know, had really uh, the support uh, from uh, from the team and the leadership team to uh, evolve through the company and make things, you know, different all the time. Mm -hmm. Which uh, you know, I don't I don't think you need to be uh, in a different company to different to see different line of business or yeah. activities. I think uh, an evolution also through. Uh, you know, a great company can be a great success. And for a person that is very curious as me, I think has been uh, uh, always uh, very, uh, you know, pleased and uh, supported to learn, uh, you yeah. know, uh, along the years. So the company is big enough to do many different yeah. jobs and focuses and, and yeah, many well, different coming aspects. Coming from R&D, R&D is everything new all the time. And we had, uh, you know, new challenges and new yeah. capabilities to suit up and coming to, uh, you know, uh, IT world. It's been also, uh, you know, quite a, uh, quite a journey, a journey and a learning journey. In your life, what is it that you um, that you fear most, and then what is it that you love most? But in the general terms, uh, more. Uh, uh, I think that uh, you know, in life, what I fear most, obviously, uh, you know, uh, uh, sustainability is in. Uh, I think in the world of everyone, uh, you know, when we're thinking about sustainability yeah. and. Uh, you know, making a sustainable world uh, for the future. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, for me is, you know, setting up the world wrong for future generation mm -hmm. is what uh, make me fear most that uh, we are not setting up uh, mm -hmm. uh, our children's uh, or the, you know, humanity for success for the future. Yeah. And I think that's uh, one of the biggest fear that uh, people forget about, uh, you know, that, you know, life and our goal as uh, also uh, people today is to think about our future generation mm -hmm. and thinking more than short term. So we talked about what you fear most in your life yeah. is and you, you're worried about sustainability of the globe and, and the world right. that we live in. What is it that you love most in your life? Uh, again, I, I would say uh, I will come back again. People culture, mm -hmm. uh, diversity. That's what I love the most. Okay. I, I thought you were going to say French wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, uh, you know, because if you know a lot of different people, uh -huh. you will learn that uh, there's also good wine out there, <laughs> not only in the, in the French areas, but, uh, you know, obviously the French, you know, is one of the best, but, uh, you know, there's a great and fantastic Italian, you know, uh, German wines or, you know, uh, Luxembourg wine. Luxembourgish wine. So, uh, you know, I'm, you know, through the people, I think you, you yeah. learn about uh, everything. And I think that's the biggest, biggest gift that you can have uh, this ability and this opportunity to meet uh, people. Okay. Jean-Christophe, thank you so much for, for all your time and your insights okay. and, and sharing all your, your, your views uh, and, and, uh, and, and so on. And so I wanted to um, end this interview um, with the question uh, that... These interviews are watched by future digital leaders, yeah. <laughs> people that have the ambition to, right. uh, to become CIOs of global, uh, global companies. Mm -hmm. So what is the advice that you would give them? What do they need to do to become as successful as you are today? You know, I, I don't look myself as uh, the only one, you know, uh, to think about uh, from, uh, you know, uh, activity that I'm doing, but if I'm looking amongst all the CIOs uh, and the trends, mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, that there's key core things that uh, I think, uh, you know, need to uh, be, um, you know, uh, critical for CIOs, uh, generally speaking, is first is, I think you need to have passion 
mm -hmm. uh, for that. Uh, you know, from and passion from two uh, core elements. First is technology, obviously, because you are the technical expert. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for uh, a leadership group, and you, you need to help uh, to provide insights and new capabilities moving forward. So you need to be curious and technical savvy uh, mm -hmm. in some ways. Uh, and but curiosity, I think, is the most important because mm -hmm. you know there's new things uh, out there. Uh, and strongly uh, people-oriented, uh, and you know, not seeing uh, the role as uh, you know hierarchical, but uh, you know, as an enabler for the team, and uh, you know, uh, fostering uh, cl cross collaboration mm -hmm. along people, and be uh, an enabler from the team uh, is a key element. And uh, obviously, uh, uh, persistence is important uh, mm -hmm. in this world, uh, you know, uh, for CIOs. So, you know. As a CIO, there's always something that goes wrong. <laughs> so you, you need to have a persistent and resilience mm -hmm. uh, in order to be able to manage through all the waves of uh, you know, cybersecurity or you know, constraint that there is yeah. on the business and uh, be able uh, basically to act uh, uh, with diligence mm -hmm. and uh, uh, supporting your team and speed uh, to support the business. Uh, but uh, I think resilience and persistence is, uh, is uh, truly important uh, in this world uh, in order to be successful. So, and on that note, thank you so much, uh, Jean-Christophe. It was a pleasure. Okay, thank and, you. Uh, well, I would say let's go and have some French wine or Luxembourg okay. wine. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay.